Jesus said a lot of really interesting things. Sometimes what Jesus would say would seem like a code or, or a riddle or some quirky saying. Other times what he said seemed crazy. But then there were certain times when Jesus would say something that seemed, well, mean. One day Jesus and his disciples were walking down the road and there was a crowd following him and Jesus was kind of interchanging, exchanging conversation with the crowd and this man walks up to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I will follow you. And Jesus kind of responds with some kind of weird riddle about foxes and birds and holes and nests and okay, Jesus, we'll figure that one out later. And then another man comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, Something really mean. Or in Luke chapter 9, there's this, this scene where Jesus looks at the man and he says, Jesus, I will, I will follow you. And, and Jesus is like, well, this is great. And he said, well, first let me go home and bury my father. And Jesus says something you wouldn't expect him to say. He says, well, let the dead bury the dead. It's like, whoa, what does that even mean, Jesus? That's kind of harsh. Right on the heels of that, another man comes up and says, Jesus, I want to follow you. But first, let me go home and talk to my family and let them know what I'm doing. And Jesus says, well, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back and is fit for the kingdom of God. Like, what? What did you just say? Because it seems to me like, Jesus, you just told this man he can't go bury his dad who just died. And that he can't go home, the other man can't go home and tell his parents he's leaving on a journey to follow you. Jesus, that's just flat out mean. For the last few weeks, we've been in a series called Jesus Said What? And we're looking at some of these really radical, bold, crazy things that Jesus has said. And we're trying to get to the bottom of them. Because anytime Jesus says something strange, it's actually an indication that he wants to draw you into a deeper meaning. He's a, he has a conversation that he's trying to bring us into. He's bringing us into the story. And he wants us to see ourselves in that story. Because as we do, we learn life-changing truth that can change my life, and that can change your life. And so this morning, we're going to look at this exchange that Jesus has with these three men on the road in Luke chapter 9. And we're going to see that Jesus, while what he says on surface level makes no sense to us and causes us to, to step back and, be, and just kind of wonder what he's getting at, what we're going to see is Jesus drawing us into a discussion on priorities. And so I've titled my message for this morning, Check Your Priorities. So if you have your Bibles, let's look together in Luke chapter 9. And we're just going to be in a few verses, verses 57 through 62. Look with me. If you don't have a Bible, we've got Bibles out in the lobby for you. We'll put the words on the screen as well. Luke 9, chapter, or chapter 9, verse 57. This is Jesus speaking. So as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, verse 61, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Forefront, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hey, let's pray together. 
Father, we thank you for uh, this opportunity together this morning to uh, be uh, the church and to come together in these rooms and to tune in online as we open your word, as we sing these songs that point our hearts and our eyes to you. And we ask, Lord, that during our time this morning, you stir our affections for you and uh, Lord, help draw us into uh, this discussion on, on priorities and helping us to become people that you have, the people that you have created us to be. So, Father, we, we know in our church and in our community, Lord, there's many people walking through such difficult seasons. And, Lord, we pray that you come alongside them and you draw them close to you. Lord, we pray for Sandy Bornhoft and her family. We pray for the Callenbrooks, Lord, um, as they've experienced such difficult loss recently. And, Lord, we just ask that you move in their lives and in their hearts in mighty ways. Uh, we pray for uh, those around the nation have been uh, going through very difficult times. And, uh, Lord, we pray specifically for those communities that have experienced so much tragedy recently. Help, uh, Lord, draw them together and for them to put their eyes on you and to draw their strength from, from you during this really difficult time. Father, as we step into uh, this, this kind of new season we're moving into as everything's blooming and spring is here and, and we see new life all around us, help us to be reminded of the new life that we have in Jesus and how you call us into something bigger and more beautiful than anything we could ever experience on our own. So I pray today, help us to see what this new life looks like in Jesus' words this morning. And I pray, Lord, as we leave today, we look more like Jesus than when we came. And it's in Jesus' holy, strong, beautiful name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, how many of you have ever found yourself in a situation in life where you're kind of looking at your, your surroundings, you're looking at where you are, and you're saying, well, I just need to get my priorities in check. I just need to get my priorities straight. I remember a few years ago, Courtney and I, we were walking through a really busy season of life. We had little ones at home. And, and if, for those of you that remember when your little ones were little, uh, mac and cheese and hot dogs was the standard um, meal on weeknights. And it became my standard meal on weeknights, too. And so I remember I just wasn't feeling good. I, I just, I, it was a busy season, so I just was kind of groaning. And so one morning I get up and I step on the scale, and the scale groaned. And I knew I'm going to be in trouble. And so I remember not liking what I, what I saw and, and, of course, went in for my annual checkup. And the doctor's like, hey. You need to get your priorities straight. You need to get your priorities in order and change a few things. I think we've all been there in different seasons of life. Something kind of hits us like that. The doctor says something to you, or maybe you look at your bank account and you realize, whoa, what happened? There was money in there the last time I checked. And there's these things in life that happen to us where we say, well, I just really need to get my priorities in order. You know, you look at your health, you look at your finances, you look at your time. You look at your schedule and your calendar and you're rushing everywhere and you're always hurrying and you think, I've got to get my priorities in order. Something just isn't right. Maybe you look at relationships in your life and you say, if I don't change the way I focus my energy in this relationship, this relationship's going to fall apart. I need to get my priorities in check. And there's certain things in life, I think, that check, change our priorities for us, right? Move to a new place, start a new job, add addition to your family. Those things are, are good changes to your priorities. But often, when we say that to ourselves, it's because we've experienced something negative. We've experienced something that caused us to, to tense up a little bit. And this is what is going on in Luke chapter 9. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus is talking about priorities, and he's showing us how easy it is for our priorities to get out of order, for our priorities to get out of whack. And what he's really going to say is that even if what you are putting first in your life is a good thing, if it's in the wrong place, it's going to lead you in the wrong, it's going to lead you in the wrong direction. 
And so Jesus is going to draw us into this discussion on priorities here in Luke chapter 9. Now, now Luke 9 is a really interesting uh, kind of transitional chapter in the book of, of Luke. In Luke 9, we see everything changes. Starting in Luke 9 and moving forward, Jesus is really heading towards the cross. Everything you see starting in Luke 9 all the way to the end of the book is Jesus pointing his eyes and his momentum towards Jerusalem. And so you see this kind of change in, his, in, in, in what he says, and you kind of see him moving into this place where he's really focusing on the kingdom of God. And so Luke 10, we get the beautiful parable of the Good Samaritan, but at the end of Luke 9, we get this exchange with these three people on the road and he's going to talk, us about, talk to us about our priorities. So it, it, it's uh, a really interesting. What Jesus is really going to do is he's going to give us three warning signs or three ways to see if the check engine light's on when it comes to our priorities getting out of whack. So look with me in Luke chapter 9, back in verse 57. So they're going along the road, and Jesus and the disciples are walking along, and, and, and someone says to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, if you're with Jesus, what would you expect him to say? Excellent. Great. Let's go. Let's change the world. Onward and upward. But he doesn't. He kind of gives this weird, kind of quirky saying that you would imagine maybe your grandpa saying when you're talking to him about life. <laughs> Look what he says. He says, I'll follow you anywhere you go. And Jesus says, well, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Nice little riddle. You know, Courtney's grandpa had a saying when, when he was a rancher in western Nebraska. And he would always say, if you see a cow, and how does the saying go? If you, if you find a cow with one eye open, his mouth awry, one foot on high, waving goodbye, then he's going to take his last breath pretty soon. That's how you tell if a cow is going on to the roll of yonder, right? The cow's moving on. So is Jesus saying something like that? Is Jesus going to give us this quirky saying about life? Well, he's not, actually. Jesus is actually talking about priorities, believe it or not. One thing I love about God's word is that the, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they complement each other. And so in the book of Matthew, Matthew tells us of the same exchange, but Matthew gives us just a little more color on this conversation. And Matthew tells us that the man that Jesus is talking to is actually a scribe. Now, you've probably heard about the scribes before. The scribes were um, the, the men, uh, the people who copied God's word. And so th their job was to literally copy the word of God. And, and so these people, the, these guys would, would, would literally count the letters to make sure on a page, to make sure they've copied over the exact word of God from page to page. And so they were very intellectual. They were very high esteemed. Think of a brain surgeon in our culture. That is how scribes were viewed. I mean, these guys were the upper escalon. These guys were the top, the cream of the corn, right? The, just the top. And so this these people also had a lot of money. They had a lot of wealth. And so they were very well respected. And so when he walks up to Jesus and says, Jesus, teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go, the crowd probably went, oh, what? Because the scribes knew the, the word, God's word, the law, better than anybody. And so Jesus, knowing that this man came from a place of wealth and esteem and, um, and notoriety, he leans in and he challenges this guy's priority and how he's going to follow Jesus. And that's what he does with this kind of riddle about foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And really, here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, okay, what is your priority? Is it me or is it comfort? And this is what Jesus is asking us. He wants to draw us into the story and, and ask us that same question. Hey, what is your priority? Is it Jesus or is your priority comfort? 
last summer, we took the kids camping in, in, um, up in Wyoming, and Court and I took the girls up, and we went to uh, Kurt Gowdy Campground up near um, Laramie. Beautiful, beautiful place if you've ever been there, but it was like the windiest day of the year. And we're out there, we're tent camping, and our tent's folding in, right? The wind's just blowing it, and the, we, we go back after going on a hike, and the thing's completely flipped over, and the air mattress is in the air. And, and you know, it, it's really interesting. When you go camping with kids, your priorities are checked, right? You really have a chance to see what is your priority. Uh, I quickly realized that my priority when it comes to the kids is a, a, a nice, comfortable bed with no wind, right? A place we can actually sleep and get some rest. And... A bathroom right next door, right? Because these kids are, seem like they're always going somewhere. And so I think we need priority checks in life. Go camping with your kids. That's one good way to check it. But another way is to hear the words of Jesus right here. Jesus wants to give us a priority check, and that's what he's doing with this man. Because he sees this man's coming from a place of comfort, and he says, I want to follow you. So Jesus looks at him and says, are you sure? Are you sure you want to follow me? Because right now you're living a pretty comfortable life. Right now you're in a pretty comfortable place. Are you sure you want to, are you ready to give that all up to follow me? Really interesting exchange. You know, sometimes I think there's this misconception that we have in life, and especially when it comes to faith, where we think, man, once I put my faith in Jesus, everything's going to just fall into place. Everything's just going to start to come together, and I'm going to be able to finally live the good life. And I think sometimes as Christians, we're not the best at, at selling the kingdom of God. And so we typically kind of talk like this. We're talking to somebody about, about following Jesus. And, hey, when you follow Jesus, everything from now on will be great. It's lollipops and dandelions, Krispy Kreme donut, membership, whatever you need. But really, that's not what we see in the life of Jesus at all. It's not how we see it all come together. A lot of times we think, well, once I put my faith in Jesus, then, you know, if I'm sick, I'm going to be healthy. And if I'm, I'm poor, I'm going to become rich. You know, maybe I'm sad. I'm going to finally be happy. And Jesus wants to draw us into a deeper conversation here because Jesus never says any of that. What Jesus says instead is, follow me and you'll have all you need. Follow me and you'll experience life as you were meant to experience it. Follow me and you're still going to experience sadness, but you'll have a life that can be filled with the greatest joy you've ever experienced. Follow me and I'm actually going to ask you to, to give more of your money away. Follow me and I'm going to stretch you in so many different ways. Follow me won't be the easiest of lives, but when you follow me, it'll be the best of lives. So Jesus looks at this scribe and he says, are you ready? Are you ready to step in and follow me. So I think this is what Jesus is asking us here too. Is that when we follow him, are we ready to truly follow? Are, are we ready to, to truly follow him? And, and, and that means by putting him first in our lives over comfort. In Mark chapter 10, uh, there's a story of the rich young ruler. I love to talk about it because I think it just really shows our heart and how we can cling to things so easy. And so in Mark 10, he tells us a story of the man that walks up to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, how do I experience eternal life? And Jesus says to him, well, keep the commandments. And the man said, I've kept them all. And so Jesus says, okay, then go and give everything you have to the poor and come and follow me. And it says the man went away disturbingly sad. The man went away perplexed and upset. Why was he so sad? Because Jesus was challenging his comfort. He found comfort in his wealth. He found comfort in the, the good life he lived, and he didn't want to give that up. And so he chose to follow that rather than to follow Jesus. And Jesus is drawing us into this discussion, and he's saying, 
that comfort has an easy way of sneaking in on us. And so he wants us to do a self-check, a little heart check, open up the hood a little bit and ask, is comfort become our first priority? Is comfort taking first place in our hearts? You might wonder, well, how do I tell? Because I, I feel like, you know, I, I really, Jesus, I want to follow you, and I really want to, to go where you want me to go, but how do I know? How do I know if comfort has really become first in my life? And I, I think one of the ways we really tell is, is we try to discern that tension we feel inside. So when we see Jesus is calling us into something, he's calling us to, to maybe step in and give towards something, he's calling us to step in and give our time, our, our treasure, our talent to something, what do we feel? Do we feel this inside, in, internal kind of burst of excitement? Let's go. Or do we feel this tension that says, okay, but how much is it going to cost me? How much do I have to give up? Because if we are on the ladder, it's probably a good sign that our check engine light is on, that we've allowed comfort to become the top priority in our life. Jesus knew it with the scribe. And he tells us that it's so easy for us to fall into this pattern as well. And the reality is when you put comfort in place of Jesus, what seems like something that can go together and work together often ends up, ends up feeling dry and feeling unfulfilled. And so Jesus says to us, is your priority turned upside down? There's a, a quote by Erwin McManus. He's a pastor in Los Angeles, and I think he does a great job of bringing this to life for us. Notice what he says. He says, I think a lot of us are not on a path, we're in a rut. We've confused comfort with peace, belief with faith, safety with wisdom, wealth with blessing, and existence with life. And, and Erwin, I think, is getting into what Jesus is talking about here is that we get it flipped. We, we've, we, we, we think of the gift as the, the thing that, that is what we should hold on to and treasure. But Jesus is saying, no, the treasure is him, that he is the ultimate gift. And so what's first in your life? To the scribe that was talking to Jesus, it was comfort. Is comfort first for you? Because Jesus says, if it is, if what you love is comfort, you're going to see it play out in your life. And you need to notice that. And you need to flip it. And you need to put it second. But Jesus doesn't stop with comfort. Notice what he says next in verse 30, in 59. This is the one that, we, that he just comes off really mean. Verse 59, another walks up to him and says, Lord, or, or, or Jesus says to him, follow me. But he says, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And Jesus' words here are really hard, really difficult. This may be some of the more difficult words of Jesus in the entire Bible. Because it sounds like Jesus is just being really mean to this guy who's wanting to go bury his father. And I don't know about you guys, but if you were in that spot, when Jesus says that to you, I feel like we would all be pretty mad. You know, my dad's here with us today. I, I love my dad. I, I, want, you know, I would be so mad if Jesus said that to me. But Jesus says this to catch our attention because Jesus is drawing us in to, again, this deeper discussion on what it means to truly follow him. Because if you think about it, isn't, this out of character for Jesus to say something like that? I mean, you, you notice Jesus. Jesus is very much all about God's, God's, God's law and direction for our life. And you see in the Ten Commandments that it says that we're supposed to honor our mother and our father. And in and, and Jewish culture, there was this tradition that if a family member passed away, you pushed pause on everything you were doing. And the, the, actually the family and the whole town, neighborhood gathered together to, to bury this individual. And so if you weren't there at your dad's funeral, you'd be outcasted by society. 
So what we really see Jesus saying here is that this, this man's father's not dead yet. This man's father's probably got a lot of time left. But he, what he's saying to Jesus is, Jesus, I will follow you when I'm ready and when the time is right. He's saying, Jesus, I will follow you when my father passes away and I've taken care of the family business and I now have my inheritance. And so notice what Jesus is doing. He's drawing in the priority of not comfort, but security. And he's saying, what's your priority? Is it Jesus or is it security? See, how, how many of you in your life have, have said something like this? Well, once I get to this point in life, then I'll be able to do that. Anybody ever said that? You say, well, once I graduate, then I'll finally be able to fill in the blank, right? Once my kids grow, get a little older, once I have kids, once I get married, then I'll finally be able to go do this. Once I get that promotion, I'm so busy right now, but once I be able to get that promotion, I can finally start to experience that. Anybody ever said that? I think we've all said it. I think it's a reasonable thing to say. I think it's a reasonable thing to experience in a lot of ways. I think right now a lot of us are, are even saying this. Once I get my health in order or I get my kids' college fund filled or once I save for retirement, then I'll finally be able to go do that. What we're really saying is I'm just not ready to commit yet. I'm just not ready to go and to do that yet. And some of us maybe be, be there now with big decisions in our life. But the question I think Jesus wants us to ask is are we doing that with our faith? Are we doing this? Are we saying, I'm I want to commit. I'm just not ready yet. Are we doing this when it comes to following Jesus? Because that's what's going on with this man. This man says, Jesus, I want to follow you, but I'm just not ready to go yet. I want to go home. I want to wait for my father to pass away. I want to go wait for my inheritance. And then, then I'll be ready to go. Then I'll be fully committed. Then I'll be red hot, Jesus, to follow you anywhere you want to go. Is anybody there now when it comes to their faith and it comes to following him? Anybody saying right now in your heart, Jesus, I totally want to follow you, and I'm going to follow you with a full heart once I'm out of school. Jesus, I'm going to follow you with a full heart once I finally get that promotion. Jesus, once I finally retire, I will give everything away, and my schedule will be freed, and I will follow you with all of my heart. Jesus, once I've got... Once I've got Dave Ramsey's plan, I've snowballed enough debt, and I've got now enough money in my bank to cover three to six months' worth of expenses, I will finally go on that missions trip. Whatever it is, right? Jesus, I will follow you when I'm ready. And no show of hands, but anybody there right now, I think we've all been there at some point in the bank. But I think what Jesus is trying to tell us here, by saying to this man, don't go bury your father, he's saying, don't wait to do tomorrow what you can do today. And don't wait for someday to follow me. Follow me today. See, I think there's this myth that we believe that we can reach this certain place in life that we're going to have fulfillment, happiness, joy, whatever it is, and then I can truly follow Jesus. Jesus, I can't really follow you until I have this or until I've reached that or until I've gone to this place. But Jesus is saying there's always going to be something. There's always going to be that next level that you're trying to get to. Stop saying I'm going to follow you someday because if you don't follow me today, then someday is never going to come. It's like that old saying in life. Well, if you wait to do this until you're ready, what's going to happen? You're never going to do it. And so this was Jesus saying to this guy right here. If you wait, you're never truly going to 
to do it. Don't wait for someday. Don't wait till you have it all together. Don't wait till you feel secure. Don't wait till you feel like you're where you need to be in life because you'll never be there. There'll always be a marker that continues to move. Follow me today. And so Jesus says what sounds like the meanest statement in all the Bible. Look back, verse 60. And he says to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. What Jesus is saying is simply this. Let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead. Because right now I have got a plan for your life today. This man, he knows that when, if, when, if and when his father passed away, he could go back and be there for his family and do all that stuff. That would never change. Jesus is for family. But he's saying, don't wait till you feel like you're ready because you'll never be ready. Come and follow me today. Not someday, but today. And so what he's asking us is, what is holding you back today? What are you waiting on to go all in on Jesus? Jesus is calling you to step into something, to follow him today into something. What are you waiting for? Have you let security become your first priority over Jesus? And so this is just a great challenge that Jesus is saying. He's saying that where are we buying into, into the myth? Because our life was created to follow him first. And when we follow him first and we flip the priorities, it's funny how things change and things fall into the right order. And so Jesus says, what are you putting first? Is it comfort? Is it security? But notice the third exchange that he has with this man. Really interesting. This is really interesting, and it really should cause us to think for a moment. Notice what he says in verse 61. So yet another walks up to him and says, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at my home. Now, it's a reasonable request, right? I mean, in that day, Jesus' ministry was moving from town to town and place to place. And people were leaving homes and businesses and family to follow Jesus because they thought he was the one that was to come. They thought he was the promised one, that one that was going to restore Israel back to its place of fame and power. And he was going to feed them and he was going to do miracles and heal them and give them everything they needed. And so Jesus was their new Moses. And so we're going to follow you. So this man's literally saying, Jesus, before I follow you and leave my home for however long it's going to be, Let me go say goodbye to my parents. And again, it sounds like Jesus being really mean. Look what he says. He says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Again, hard saying, harsh saying. But I want you to draw into what Jesus is really saying. This man says, Jesus, I want to follow you. But first, let me go home and talk to my family about it. First, let me go home and take care of a few things. Then I will come and I will follow you. And, and what he's saying isn't a bad thing. There's biblical precedent for this. In the book of First Kings, there's actually uh, the, the account of Elijah and God telling Elijah, who was a prophet of God, to go and to pass the mantle on to Elisha. So Elijah, Elisha, got it? So Elijah goes to pass the mantle of ministry and, and, and being a prophet of God to Elisha. And Elisha looks at, at, at Elijah and says, wow, this is amazing. Can I go home first and say goodbye to my family and kind of get things right before I, I go? And, and Elijah says, of course. And so Elisha goes home and, and goes and tells his family that God has called him into ministry and that he's going to leave and he's going to spend the rest of his life moving on and preaching the word of God. And we see this really interesting thing. They have this big feast, right? So they, they, they bust out the barbecue grills, brisket and chicken only. They didn't do pork, right? So no pulled pork. So they have this big feast, this big party. And then Elisha does something really weird. 
he actually goes and he burns his plow. Now, this doesn't make sense to us today because most of us aren't, aren't in the agrarian society. But Elisha's parents were, were, were farmers. And in those days, you had oxen if, if you had wealth. And you would attach the plow to the oxen and you would plow your fields. And so Elisha going and burning the plow was a symbol that he was saying goodbye to his old life. And he was moving on. He was moving on to what God was calling him to do. And so there's biblical precedent for this. And I have a feeling Jesus, is, Jesus knows what, what this guy is saying. And so Jesus draws us into the story. And he says to this man, look, I get what you want to do here. But no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back and is fit for the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is saying this, what is your priority? Is it Jesus or is it your past? Now this one's a little interesting. I want to draw us in on this because this is really interesting what Jesus is saying. Because you wouldn't think about my past being a priority, but, but you'll, you'll catch it, I promise. Jesus is saying, what is more important to you, following me or trying to hold on to the old life that you were living? So I think for a lot of us, we, 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 we might not say this out loud, but, but we think it. Jesus, I want to follow you, but I'm just not ready to go all in yet. Jesus, I want to follow you, but I, I want to live a little first. Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to give to you, but I really want to go do this first. Jesus, I want to go have some more fun with my family. I want to go take some more trips. Jesus, I want to hang out with my buddies a little more. Jesus, I want to do this. Jesus, I want to do that. Jesus, I'm not ready to go all in yet. So we hang on to our past. I want to have a little fun before I settle down. I want to spend my money on the things I want to spend my money on. Jesus, I want to follow you when I'm ready. So we're like one foot in and one foot out. But Jesus is saying, if you keep going back, you will never go forward. So he draws into this picture of farming. If you've ever been on a, on a you know, if you ever been out on a farm field before, you know you actually can't plow uh, straight if you're looking behind you. And so this Jesus is drawing us into this idea that, that God is calling us to move forward and not backwards. And so there's this picture that, that how are you going to plow a straight line if you're looking over your shoulder? And here's how you know this is true. Later on today, get on your mountain bike and try to ride straight with your looking over your shoulder. You know where you're going to end up? In the ER. That's where you're going to end up, right? So you can't go straight if you're always looking back over your shoulder. And so Jesus is trying to draw us into this idea that if we spend our life looking back, if we spend our life trying to hold on to our old life, to try to live this double agent life, doing what I want to do and matching how I want to live up to the world, then I'm never going to truly go all in. And I'm never going to truly be able to live the life that Jesus has called me to live. A few years ago, Courtney was talking with one of her coworkers. I remember she came home and she told me that she was talking with this coworker and talking about what God was doing in her life. And she just really kind of got to this point of sharing her faith where a coworker was really kind of pressed with that question, are you ready to follow Jesus? And I remember she was just kind of perplexed when her coworker looked at her and said, I will someday. I'm just not ready to do it yet. I still want to have a lot of fun. I still want to go do my thing. I still want to go do the, the things of the world. I'm just not ready to go all in just yet. See, Jesus knows that we have this tendency to do this. So that's why he, he tells us right here, where's your priority? 
Are you trying to, to look back over your shoulder and hold on to the life that you were living because you thought it was fun and you thought it would fulfill you and you thought it was what you wanted to do? But yet, Jesus, you offer me this new life over here, so I want to follow you. And you're trying to be a double agent. You're trying to live both lives. Because Jesus is telling us, you can't. You, you weren't created for that. And if you try to do that, you're going to end up disoriented. You're going to end up discouraged. You're going to end up disillusioned. He says, no, you, the only way to live the life that I've called you to live is to go straight forward. So is that you today? Are you trying to hold on to your old life? Maybe it's not that for you, but you're holding on to your past. And you're holding on to something that happened in your past. And you're looking back over your shoulder at that bad decision you made or that sinful situation or, or wishing that you would have done something different. And you're letting that draw you in, but what's happening is it's leaving you in a place where you're living with remorse and regret and pain. You're saying, well, if I would have just done this differently, or if I would have just taken that different job, or if I would have married that different person, or if I wouldn't have ruined that relationship, then my life would be great and my life would be full. And Jesus is saying, stop letting your past define your future. Stop looking back over your shoulder. The only way forward is by keeping your eyes on him. And so Jesus says, don't look back. If you keep looking back, you'll never move forward. Don't let your past define you. Let your life be defined by me. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says that the more we let God take us over, the more we truly ourselves, the more we truly ourselves we become. So what's holding you back? What are you looking over your shoulder at? Are you trying to hold on to something? Are you, are, you, are, you, are you just constantly looking over your shoulder because you're afraid of your past? Jesus says, let it all go and put two hands on the life I've given you and go straight forward because that's the only way you'll experience the life you were created to live. So what do these men do? What do these three men do? We don't know. Luke doesn't tell us, neither does Matthew. We don't know what they do. But I think Jesus doesn't tell us for a reason because he wants to draw us in to the story and put ourselves in their place. So what Jesus is really asking us is, what are you going to do? What have you let take over first place in your life? What is your treasure? So I think some of us, we might look at our life and we see that it's, it is comfort. That, that we've been clinging to comfort. Comfort's what we're treasuring. We're scared to step out. And God is telling you today, follow me, Jesus. I've got, Jesus is saying, follow me. I've got something bigger and better and more beautiful for your life than you could ever imagine. But you say, Jesus, I'm not ready yet. Because my life is kind of comfortable right now. It's kind of easy. And following you is going to stretch me. For somebody else, it may be security. And you may have your foot stomped on the brakes because you're saying, Jesus, I am not ready to commit just yet. And for a lot of us, I think it is our past. We've got one foot in living the old life, or we're constantly looking over our shoulder, afraid of the past mistakes we made and how they're going to catch up to us, or carrying the weight of the decisions we made in the past, wishing we did something different. And Jesus says, follow me and don't look back, because that's what I did for you. When Jesus went to the cross, he didn't look back and wonder how he could have done things differently or how things could have changed or how he would have made a different decision. He went to the cross and gave his life for us because he knew that was the only way forward, and he did it because he loved us so much. 
And so Jesus looks at us and simply says, don't wait for the time to be right to commit to following me. Commit now and never look back and let Jesus change your future. So here's the question that we have to answer. What are we going to do? There's really only one option. Because the reality is, if your choice isn't Jesus, it doesn't matter what other choice you made. See, Jesus promises a life that's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to feel really difficult. But it's the best life. It's the full life. And it's the abundant life. And Jesus says to us today, friends, let's choose that life. So what are you going to do? Let's choose that life together. Would you pray with me?